Stand by. Hello. Thank you for choosing the Lackadaisical Libricubicularist Podcast. Without further delay, here is your host, Jordan Maywood. Hello! Welcome to the Librocube. My name is Jordan Maywood, and I am the Lackadaisical Librocubicularist. Today, my friends, is TV Tuesday. Sometimes referred to as Television Tuesday. Huh, yeah, I see how that works. Something I like to say at the top of every show is that there will be spoilers. There is no doubt in my mind that I will spoil things within this TV Tuesday episode, so please, please, take heed of this warning, as it will most likely be the one and only that you get. So, covering my ass. Very, very, very much so, is it not? Yes, it is. Mm, question asked and answered by myself. Why? I'll tell you why. Because, um, if you like what you hear, the only payment I ask is a million dollars. What? <laughs> that is ridiculous on many levels. The only payment I ask is perhaps you pass the podcast on to a friend. Perhaps you rate, subscribe, and comment within iTunes. Because that is what helps podcasts grow and flourish. Flourish is the word of the day. That will, of course, take us into our last piece of podcast-related business, which is today's sponsor, which is Blue Sky Crystal Meth. Once again, today's sponsor is Blue Sky Crystal Meth, the only 99.1% pure crystal meth out there. Lovely. Today, I have a new program. Well, not new in the sense that it just finished airing on the TV, but new in the sense that because of its cessation of episodes newly made airing, huh? Uh, the missus and I have decided to pounce on it because it is in its weakest state, just off the air, and all episodes available on DVD. That television show is, of course, Breaking Bad. Ha ha! Yeah. I've been waiting for this one. This probably Breaking Bad, also Mad Men, what else? Game of Thrones and Walking Dead. Those are all shows that I hope are off the air soon so I can pounce on them and view them in a binge type situation. That is my desire. That is just goddamn well what we're going to do eventually. But sooner with Breaking Bad because the missus and I have already watched over the course of the weekend back to back to back first three episodes of season one. When I say back to back to back, I goddamn mean one right after the other. And it was a, a little slice of awesome. Surprisingly, I was I was a little nervous just because I've never heard one bad thing said about this show. So my hopes were high. And when my hopes are high, quite often the follow through is not there. But uh, I can say so far, so very, very good. Ah, uh, just on the note of the missus and I watching this together, we have one more season of Dexter that we're uh, we're going to polish off before we make this our weekly show, but sort of in the interim, probably watch it on the weekends. I had to, sometimes, oh god, she'll drive me insane, because I, I tried to talk her into making this our next show to watch together with uh, basically no success. She was not having it, as they say. But then, 
she uh, talked to other people who she is not married and living with, and they talked her into watching the show, telling her how good it was. Hmm. So, yeah, there's that. Doesn't trust me. Although I've never seen an episode, I just gave her the facts that I've never heard a bad thing said about it. So uh, what I'm going to do is try to, hopefully, possibly, fit this in on my way to work these first three episodes. Uh, got my notes. Going to talk about them, and we'll see where that takes us. Episode one, titled Pilot. Hmm. Not very original title for a first episode of a TV show, but hey, they can't all be gems. Uh Normally, and I think this is going to be the case for Breaking Bad, the titles of the episodes are uh, a little on the different side, with the exception of this one titled Pilot. Uh, something funny about popping this DVD in and uh, starting to watch it is the very first scene, the missus asked, and I kind of wasn't sure at first, if I mistakenly put in like later season or put in the wrong disc or something, because the very first scene of this show is... You're already right in the middle of the action with having no idea how they got there, which can kind of make you think, what? Did I? Who did? How did? Uh, turns out, no. They did a sort of, kind of, sort of, kind of, sort of Pulp Fiction-esque start at the end and then go back to the beginning and show us how they got there, that kind of idea, which is a, a brilliant idea. I was, It's been done before, obviously, but uh, I love when it is done. It's got that sort of very complicated... Oh, kind of eye-opening feel to it. You, you do that by the end of it. You do that a lot over the course of the show. Oh, that's why that was happening. Uh, one thing that makes me curious about that is, do they write it in order and then just take like the last chunk and put it at the beginning? I assume probably maybe they do. That would just got to be the easier way to do it, no? Yeah, got to do it that way, then writing the end and then having to figure out how you got there. Yeah. So the show is about Walter White. Walter White. Played very, very well by Mr. Brian Cranston, who has won a shit ton of awards for this role. He is uh, 50 years old. <laughs> the first episode, he's just having a fucking bad day, this guy. It kind of reminded me a little bit of the... Oh, is it Michael Keaton? Not Michael Keaton. Kirk Douglas? No, not Kirk Douglas. <laughs> the hell is that guy's name? Anyways, I don't have time to remember names, because we're on a deadline here, but from the movie Falling Down, where just he has the worst day imaginable and slowly starts to lose his shit, I have a feeling that this show as a whole is going to be sort of a series of very bad days where he loses his shit more and more. That sort of slow descent into madness that I so, so very much love. I'm getting that impression already after just three episodes. Uh, to top this horrible day off, he finds out he has cancer. Terminal cancer. Terminal, meaning he's going to die, is what that means. He is a uh, chemistry teacher at a high school, as well as works part-time in a car wash. At the car wash. Da -da 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 -da. Working at the car wash. And uh, basically, that sort of, I don't know if it's typical or not, but typical poor teacher not making any money, struggling to get by kind of idea. So when he finds out he's going to die, he's like, oh, shit, I am going to leave my wife, who I love very much, and my son, who has uh, spina bifida? Is that what they... Did I make that up, or did they say that? He's got uh, a disease, a genetic, possibly, disease, where he has to use crutches, has a bit of a speech impediment, 
But other than that, he's uh, he's pretty quick on the ball with the odd uh, jab and joke. I like him. So, uh, yeah, Walter worries about leaving these two with nothing. So, after watching a news report where his brother-in-law bust a bunch of meth heads, not meth heads, I suppose, meth makers, who had a meth lab, learns that, hey, this is a business that, with his chemical engineering background, he can do, and presumably make a shit ton of money very, very quickly in the time he has remaining to give to his wife and son. That's his thought, and that's just what he sets out to do. His first step on this journey is to go on a ride-along with this brother-in-law. Brother-in-law who... <laughs> he's a... I forget what the actor's name is, too. I didn't, I didn't write down any names, as I am wont to do for some strange reason. But uh, he did an episode of Kevin Pollock's chat show that I highly recommend you check out. He's a bit of a badass and uh, funny and rude and crude. I like him so far. Works for the DEA. Takes Walter on a ride-along in which... He sees Jesse Pinkman hop out the window of a concert, kind of sort of the meth lab and escape. Jesse Pinkman, who was one of his former students, one of his former students who apparently was not a very good student. Walter sort of puts two and two together and learns that Jesse Pinkman was in fact the man behind this meth lab. What? Yeah, that's what he figures out. Then he makes further sort of deductions that... He may know how to cook said meth, but the whole distributor side of things and where to sell it, how to sell it, who to sell it to, he's got no bloody idea. So he needs someone like this Jesse Pinkman. Pinkman. Now the good thing about this is he already has sort of, is already sort of able to lord this over him that he could go to the cops and say, hey, listen, this guy was at the meth lab. I think he's behind the whole thing. So he uses that as a sort of blackmail tactic to get Jesse involved with this whole operation, step one of which is getting a RV, a sort of very famous RV that has become their mobile meth station. And I'm curious if, A, this thought came from something that's already happened, that people would cook meth in RVs and sort of move them around so they don't get caught, or B... Since the airing of the show, uh, meth addicts, not meth addicts, meth makers have uh, realized this is not such a bad idea. You know what's funny? I'm literally right now driving by an RV dealership. That was weird. Weird timing there. So uh, they get this RV, not from the dealership I drove by seconds ago, presumably, and uh, head on out to the desert for their first batch Walter White, because of his chemistry background, and he's not just sort of a teacher, it sort of hints at, there's some flashbacks where, uh, I think, in fact, there's even a part, yeah, this just sort of uh, struck my brain here, that I remember this, that he had a plaque on the wall that said, uh, for contributing to winning the Nobel Prize. So apparently, he somehow, some way contributed to the winning of the Nobel Prize in chemistry, so... He's not a dumb guy by any means, which means that uh, his meth is going to be A number one. In fact, it is the purest form of meth that Jesse Pinkman has ever seen. And the purer, the better, for the reason that you're going to get more money. Right? Right. Uh, Jesse is sort of in with a bad bunch of people, as I suppose you are when you're a drug dealer. And uh, two of them 
don't really like him very much. One being the guy who was booked for this meth lab when Jesse hopped out the window. The other being this guy's cousin. So, they decide, after viewing this product that Walter White created, that they're going to friggin' take all their shit because they have... They want what's coming to them. So they drive out to the desert, and that's where shit really starts to go down. And that's sort of where we catch up with the beginning of the show. huh? So we've done a bit of a circle here. The circle is closed with... Uh, we'll give a crazy amount of detail. Uh, Walter White using a uh, poisonous gas to knock out and kill one of these guys, and then careening down the road and driving into the ditch in the thought that the cops are pursuing them, and uh, also they light a big fire, just on the grass, by mistake, with a cigarette. Okay? Okay, so let's move on to episode two. Uh, I realize I don't think I'm going to have time to get this done on the way to work, but uh, that's not too, too surprising. Probably do two episodes on my way in and two and one on the way home. That is my thought. Next episode's called Cats in the Bag. So one of these guys inhaled this gas that Walter released and died basically immediately. The other guy, they thought, also died, but turns out did not, in fact, die. Damn it. What happens next? Well, two things have to happen. One is they have to dispose of the body of the one dead one. Two is they have to create a dead body by killing the other one. So how do you decide who does which? You flip a coin, of course. Uh, something interesting about this, I love coin flips for sort of major life decisions for the reason that you could potentially, somehow, some way, have this coin flip go another way and create a totally different universe from that result. Sort of like, uh, I don't think I came up with this idea actually now that I just said it out loud, sort of reminds me of the uh, episodes of Community in which dice were rolled and depending on how the dice came up, the outcome of the story would be different. Very, very cool idea. So uh, I would love to see Breaking Bad from that point of that coin toss sort of have a totally different set of seasons written off from that. How about that for an idea? Interesting. So Jesse gets the job of disposing of the body. Walter comes up with the idea of melting it. Is it melting? If you... Dissolving it? Yeah, I think dissolving is perhaps more accurate. In hydrochloric acid. Uh, he only gets two jugs from the sort of supplies from the high school. Which uh, I kind of think that two... Uh, what are they, like, two-gallon jugs, so like four gallons, say, of hydrochloric acid, I don't think that's going to dissolve an entire body. I'm pretty sure it's not enough. I think you need more than that. Well, I'll do a little research, and that way, if I ever have a body to dispose of, I'll be, you know, good to go. One thing I do know now not to do is to fill your bathtub with said acid because it will eat through the bathtub while also eating through the body and then um, sort of explode in the second floor in a gooey, acidy mess all over the place. That was pretty disgusting. And you could sort of sense it was going to happen, which I like. Uh, Walter says to Jesse, make sure you get this brand of plastic because the acid... Well, I, actually, I don't know if he ever said the acid won't eat through it. I don't know if he ever specified that. Jesse couldn't find one big enough, so said, hey, I'll just use my bathtub which uh, apparently not a good idea at all because the other dude 
by the name of Crazy Eight <laughs> uh, was not killed with this gas. They had to lock him up in the basement, lock him up with a sort of bike chain around the neck attached to one of those metal poles that you'll quite often see in unfinished basements. Uh, the thing I like about the name Crazy Eight for this gangsta is that uh, I, I like to imagine the reason that he got this, this name, Crazy Eight, just because he likes playing the card game Crazy Eights. Just a really big fan of that. Nothing to do with anything gangster related, just, you know, just a big fan of the, the, the just a big fan of the card game, that's all. Uh, this episode had a lot of, a couple of things. One is Walter sort of talking, it's kind of sort of, kind of sort of, getting to know, kind of sort of, kind of sort of, this crazy eight, and coming to the realization that to kill him is perhaps not something he has within him. The other thing this episode has a lot of, which I liked, was uh, Walt's wife, which, as you can imagine, with Walt, this sort of vast, vast personality shift from this sort of meek, mild-mannered chemistry teacher to slowly turning to into a bit of a badass has got her suspicions up. She is pregnant with their second child, so that's the other reason he wants to get money together before he passes on. Some of the strangeness involves, uh, say, a bunch of boys in a clothing shop are making fun of his son, and he friggin' loses his shit and just acts like a madman and stands up to them. I think that got her a little uh, hot and bothered, actually, so I like that. Another thing was, on that sort of same note, they had crazy, mad, passionate sex, which uh, they had not done in a long time. In fact, he flipped her over. Yeah. And you know what that means when you flip them over. Yeah. And lastly, <laughs> one of my favorite parts is... Uh, She's sort of laying into him a bit about his kind of personality change over the last little bit. And he says to her, and this is one of my sort of favorite lines here, is, can you, and he says it very calmly, which I appreciate, can you crawl up out of my ass? And <laughs> just kind of get off my back, that sort of idea. And uh, I told the missus when he said that, that I'm going to start saying it to her all the time. Just crawl up out of my ass, please. Very, very good stuff. So, I think that will leave that episode behind, and we'll save episode three for the drive home. So, will not be a full drive to work and drive home episode, but will be a drive to work and a little bit of a wrap-up episode. That's what's happening here. What's happening there? You can let me know, perhaps via the email provided in the closing credits, or... Tweet at me, I am Jordan underscore Maywood on Twitter. I would love to hear from you. That will leave one final thing to say, which is of course. Oh, <coughs> oh my. Oh, but, oh, but. <coughs> oh my god. Look at her butt. I'm a fool to do your dirty working, working, working. And we're back. We are back! We are back! We are back! We are back! Back! back. We are back! Back in action! Hello again! <coughs> again! Oh, man. Give you a little behind-the-scenes action, as I do from time to time. Being that, within the actual, real, existing universe, it is a Tuesday, which is nice, because this is a TV Tuesday, and it is 
not often, to be honest, that they actually correspond with one another. The reason that is, is because yesterday uh, I was off sick. Very, very rare, but uh, just super, super sick and things. I won't go into details because that is boring. A boring sickness. If it was something, you know, something interesting, like, I don't know, maybe a little flushing disease, a little Ebola, something like that, I'd, you know, I'd bring it up. But uh, no, just a boring sickness. Thus concludes my behind-the-scenes peak. I hope it peaked your interest. <laughs> boy, oh boy, oh boy, the fun we have. Breaking Bad, season, uh, episode 3. Those are two French words, uh, meaning one, and trois, meaning three. Is called, uh, in the bags in the river, which, uh, I didn't put <laughs> sort of two and two together until I was writing down my, my brief little notes here. Episode 2 was called Cats in the Bag, dot, dot, dot. Episode 3 was called dot, 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 and Bags in the River. So, you know, I don't really get the correlation between these two episodes, per se, but, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's interesting. There's an interest of it, to it, there it, of it. This, this episode focused a lot on Walt, if I can call him Walt, which I believe I can, Walter White, Mr. Walter White, Kind of, sort of, kind of, sort of getting to know Crazy Eight, the captive in the basement of Jesse Pinkman, which I don't think I mentioned this morning. Uh, this is happening within Jesse Pinkman's home, which he is not too happy about, I will tell you that. Comedically so. Uh, something I like they did, and this is just sort of a little touch to emphasize the sort of debate going on with Walter White as to whether or not he should kill this guy. And it was a subtle thing, but a very, very powerful thing. And that is, he noticed that when Crazy Eight was eating his sandwiches that he prepared for him, he would not eat the crust. Which, I think if you are captured and, uh, you know, forced to stay in a basement and attached to a pole by your neck, you're probably not going to be too worried about crust and you'll probably just eat the whole goddamn sandwich. However... Uh, if we suspend our disbelief and believe this guy really does not like crust. Uh, <laughs> Crazy Eight loves the card game Crazy Eight and hates crust on sandwiches. Anyways, if we believe that, then uh, when Walter, making one of these sandwiches, eventually takes the effort to cut off the crust, it's that sort of real, real... It, I don't know if it was for anyone else, but if it is, please let me know. Really sort of hit home that he's going to have trouble making this decision to kill or release this dude. This episode didn't have too much with Jesse Pickman. I always want to say Pickman, like the video game of the same name, Pickman. But no, it's Pinkman? Pick, 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 I don't know what happened there. I stuttered, and I do not have a stutter. But uh, that was one. Anyways, let's just call him Jesse. He wasn't uh, in this episode too much. Kind of uh, fucked off for a little bit. He and Walter had a bit of a falling out and just sort of freaked out on one another. As you do when you're in the drug making and selling biz, sometimes temperature's gonna rise. Especially when you just had to spend a couple hours cleaning up a gooey mess that used to be a human that uh, fell through the floorboards because your hydrochloric acid ate through the tub. When that happens... 
uh, you know, tempers are going to flare from time to time, right? Right. Just like when this freaking asshole cut me off and then slowed way down. You know, when people do that, also, potential for freaking out. 769-WWD is their license plate. Jordan, mental note to look up that license plate when you get home and track this person down and kill them. All right, mental note completed. More like mental, mental note. <laughs> there was a bit of a side story involving Walter's son and his wife. The suspicion raised to such a level that she sort of did a little digging and showed up at Jesse's house and sort of confronted him and confronted Walter. Confronted to the point where he had to basically come up with a story as to why they were... Uh, for lack of a better word, involved with one another. Uh, I think, actually, Walter's sort of spur-of-the-moment explanation was pretty pretty good, pretty believable, and it was that he's buying pot from Mr. Jesse there. Because that also explains away his sort of mood change. It could all sort of put it over to a midlife crisis, that sort of idea, uh, with pot mixed in, would kind of explain everything away in one fell sweep. So good on him for coming up with that. On that note, in this episode, <laughs> I guess, you know what, was it before or after? I actually can't remember. Before or after he came up with this brilliant uh, excuse, he smoked a little pot. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm not sure if it was his first time ever, but it's this whole sort of near-death, living life to its fullest, I'm going to do whatever the hell I want to, that gives this show, I think, so very, very much potential. One thing I uh, I don't want to say I'm worried about, per se, is that despite my best efforts of avoiding spoilers, there's some things about this show that you can't help but know. They're just sort of out there in the cultural consciousness, and they are unavoidable. For the most part, I think I've done a pretty goddamn amazing job of avoiding, of avoiding spoilers and don't really know what's going to happen for the most part. One thing, uh, and I'm not even 100% sure if I know this or not, is that I think eventually does not Walter White have his cancer somehow miraculously cured, despite the fact that they said it was terminal. I think maybe that has to do with how I know eventually he's bald from, I guess, chemotherapy, perhaps? I don't know. So what I worry about in that regard is that eventually he's going to lose this sort of drive lose this sort of craziness of trying absolutely anything and doing anything in his remaining time and sort of have the realization that, no, I don't have to be crazy anymore. I'm going to live. Live! So, I don't know. That's just a thought that may or may not have any bearing on things that happen in the future. We will see. Because I will... I'm not going to bring back, as I never do with any show, bring back every single episode. That's not what this is about. It's just about, occasionally I'll mention some Breaking Bad stuff from time to time, as I do with any shows that I watch. It's not all about covering them 100% of the time. That is not what I am here for. I am sure, if you so desire, that effect with not all the shows I talk about, but probably with a show like Breaking Bad, there's probably a podcast out there called podcast bad, <laughs> although that's not a very good name, where uh, they talk about Breaking Bad and Breaking Bad only, and if that is your cup of tea, well, enjoy that 
but this is not that 100% of the time. You feel me? You feel my flex? <clears throat> so, uh, I'm gonna wrap this up by giving sort of major-ish spoiler here. And again, just sort of a very, very subtle thing that shows, I do believe, the genius in writing of the show and gives me even higher hopes than I already had. And that is, Walter had decided to not kill Crazy A. He sat down, had a chat with him. Walter's very first person that he told of his cancer, his terminal cancer, was not his wife, not his son, not Jesse, not anyone in his life. It was this guy. It was just the sort of... Uh, Walter sort of laid it out in such a way that he wanted Crazy 8 to convince him not to kill him, to give him reasons why and make him believe that if he were to release him... Crazy Abe would not come after him and his family and kill them all in a revengeful explosion. And uh, he did that job. He did it most expertly. Hell, I was believing it by the end. However, and this is the sort of big spoilery however, uh, at one point in their sort of dealings with one another, Walter bringing the sandwich passed out, as he has done a couple of times now, just because his cancer is lung cancer, so occasionally he just is not getting enough oxygen, and I think faints is kind of how you would look at that. So this happened right in front of this crazy character, and the plate the sandwich was on broke. Walter woke up, gathered up the broken remnants of the plate, threw them in the trash. Now, I don't know where his sort of thunderstruck thought came, but later on, after he had decided to release Crazy Eight, he peered into the trash and sort of jigsaw puzzle-like put together the remains of the plate and it was missing a piece, a piece that was sort of a sharp, jaggedy, knife-like piece. So, came to the re realization that this guy was bullshitting him all along and friggin' doing a pretty goddamn good job about it and decided that the only way this could play out was if he killed him. Uh, this is just a gruesome scene that uh, really sort of hits home that it was almost like that, you know what, uh, it was almost like that coin flip. Very, very much like that coin flip. Uh, let me explain. That coin flip could have gone either way, and they could have, as I mentioned this morning, decided on totally different outcomes from that point on for the show. This, very similar fashion. And the coin flip being, should I, should I kill this man? Should I set him free? The setting him free would have been a rapidly changing series of events to the murdering of him. Uh, in fact, well, I guess the show would have been over because he would have set him free and then been stabbed and killed with the plate at the end. So uh, I guess it's a good thing he did not. Instead, had a little uh, trickery of his own and said, okay, I'll release you, turn around and I'll unlock this bike collar around your neck. Rather than unlock it, he grabs a hold of it and chokes the guy to death. Uh, in this sort of tussle of killing him, which was, again, gruesome and very, very overtly violent. Uh, he gets stabbed with the, the remaining piece of plate in the leg, so don't really know how that's going to play out. But uh, all very, very friggin' just jumping between a scene like that to him smoking pot and the odd laugh here and there, I, I think what the show is doing and has done so far is one of my favorite things in the entire world as far as my consumption of medias and bring it back and that is combining darkness and comedy. I cannot get enough of dark comedies. Anything 
that does that. You know what uh, this is kind of reminding me of a little bit so far, and I suppose this isn't too crazy a stretch, but uh, the television show Weeds. Huh? Have you seen the TV show Weeds? It was awesome. In fact, when I started this podcast about a year ago, just about, uh, it was the show I had, as I say, on the go. So uh, kind of a coincidence that a year probably to the date, start another similar show. Uh, I like that thought. Is it ki- Kismet? Is that burp Kismet? Doesn't taste like it. Ugh. Who am I to judge? Who am I to say? Uh, anyways, uh, I will leave this talk behind by saying that uh, I do believe, and it's not 100%, that this episode end ended, like, sort of finally with Walter about to tell his wife about his cancer. So uh, I wonder how that is going to explode, because he's been sort of keeping it secret for a fair chunk now. So very interested to see that. And will, probably this coming weekend, if I had to guess, hop back in. Probably won't bring bring it back. Maybe I will, maybe I won't. Play it by ear, folks! That will leave the final thing to say, which is always the final thing to say, which is... It is nice. To be nice. To the nice. Thank you for listening. We here in the Liberal Cube would love to hear from you. If for any reason you would like to contact us, you can do so via the email address. Mailwood.jordan at gmail.com And now I have a theory. I've got a theory that it's a demon, a dancing demon. Something isn't right there. I've got a theory. The best is yet to come, and babe, won't it be fine? You think you've seen the sun, but you ain't seen it shine. Wait till the warm-up's underway. Wait till our lips have met. Wait till you see that sunshine day You ain't seen nothing yet The best is yet to come and be Won't it be fine The best is yet to come, come the day you're mine Live long and prosper